Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Friday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM1600, KIVABQ.FM, RockofTalk.com, 550-5500, right here in the Kiva, we have D-Dowd Mosca, and uh, Dowd's about to jump off here pretty quickly because uh, we're going to preempt uh, our show so that we can go ahead and showcase for you what we did last night, and a bit of a primer, uh, we've got tremendous feedback, uh, we are live by the way, folks. Uh, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, you can also go to uh, rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com for the apps. I do have some some things I want to share before we get into the summit or the vaccine mandate uh, gathering that we had last night from an undisclosed location which was uh, very, very cool. And I know uh, Dowd was there, not part of the campaign, but just to kind of more of an advisory in terms of the research that he's done, uh, Dr. William Summers. And we had Dr. X who actually came out, stated his name explicitly, uh, John Gregorio, who is a tremendous intellect and been on top of this uh, since day one as well. We met people who worked for various entities that are doing the uh, clampdown on these mandates uh, whether it's uh, Sandia National Labs, whether it's Los Alamos National Labs. Uh, I think we had, uh, you know, hospital employees from various hospitals. We had uh, people affiliated directly with, uh, you know, our city of Albuquerque, uh, first responders on both fronts, both uh, police as well as firefighters. And this is something that we all came together and had a discussion. I believe it went for about two hours. We're going to play that in its entirety and uh, that way that you can hear about it uh, and you know what went on. It will also be posted directly on our website, fight4505.com. All of the debates uh, should be there uh, by this evening. Um, so hopefully we'll have the uh, debates all ready to go. Uh, we have the first four. We're four and oh, really we're five and oh, uh, when you think about the debates. Um, so all that stuff will be there. Please share them. I understand the firefighters aren't, aren't all seeing the debates. Um, I <clears throat> let me be the first to convince you. Um, you do not, in any way, shape, or form, uh, want to miss out on those debates, uh, particularly the last two. Uh, I think it really, you know, separates the the men or the man from the boys. I should maybe it'll be a better way for you guys to go ahead and phrase that. And that's not me being, you know, knocking the other two. In fact. I would uh, say that Tim Keller is actually a very good debater. Um, I don't know that I'm getting or our city is getting the answers that it needs and we're being misled. And then I don't, well, I don't know what the, the other guy at the very end of the whatever. I don't know what that. I don't even know how to refer to that any longer, really. I never thought I would I could dislike a person wh- whom I've never had interaction with. But I, I sincerely dislike Sheriff Manny Gonzalez. I think he is a terrible human being. Like, like to his core, I think that man is a terrible human being. Like, and I don't mind saying so. I have continued to try to fight for the 505 by talking about the actual issues. Unfortunately, the dialogue and the debates have denigrated into something that is so 
egregious in its displeasure that audience members and onlookers and voters that they are having to step away. And I want to say something to my Republican brethren out there. It's a good way of referring to something that you're not really sure in the holiest way that you don't know. If Sheriff Manny Gonzalez is the hill that you as a Republican want to die on, do it today. Do it now. Okay? Over the next week, let me reassure you, you will only be increasingly looking foolish more than you already do. So stop it. And stop saying this is a nonpartisan race. It is an embarrassment what what this race has become. So with all that being said, uh, we also have uh, (coughs) Republican Party is actually putting out information on write-in candidates. I also want to let you know that that has been going out. Um, You know, there's thousands of exhibits, but, but these things in the final throws of the last 12 days of the election are really interesting. Um, my billboards clear channel picked up the phone and called me and the wonderful, wonderful sales rep and the very, very business minded clear channel of which I'm a competitor with. Remember they own radio stations and they own billboards. Okay. Called me personally to say that they had never had a billboard in the history of them having billboards in Albuquerque that has been vandalized. There's also footage of the person who vandalized it. And I said, it's okay, I'm used to it. Yes, they tore up my radio station at the top of the crest at 4.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving weekend. Okay? It is just, and I gotta say, I think if this would have happened to a lesser man, you know, they'd, they'd immediately start an ethics complaint or they'd go and sue somebody or they'd constantly play the victim. Like, we're not the victim. We are the ones who are over the target. Okay? Here's, here's some more stuff. And I, uh, I'm going to save the TJ Wilhelm KKOB yes for another day. That's going to come on Monday. Got even more information. I talked directly to the market manager over at KKOB for those of you. Uh, they do not want to interview me. We asked basically for 30 minutes and they asked us for us to go ahead and produce a full report of the number of times that other people have been on. So they want us to do the work. They're not interested in hearing. KKOB is not interested in hearing from all three candidates, only from the two Democrat candidates, the mayor and the sheriff. Their way out of it is to call it quote unquote bona fide. Brandon vote is a liar, is a cheater, and a thief. All three of those names that I just referred to him as, all will be substantiated with audio by his own admission directly on the audio that I will play for you on Monday. I gave them several chances for them to go ahead and clear it so I wouldn't have to play it. It will now be played. Not even a cease and desist. As advisement by my attorney, can prevent that from happening, and we are a one-party state, so you can go ahead and do that. So in case of you guys were 
thinking about setting up with that. I got uh, in my hot little hands a blue glitter handwritten letter. It says it came in a in a wonderful envelope. It says Eddie Aragon is not black for mayor. It's addressed uh, directly from the black community in ABQ, New Mexico, 87114. Wow. I don't even know if 87114 is actually in the city. I think 87114 is in the county. So, <clears throat> Mr. Aragon, or Aragon, how dare, your camp- how dare you campaign as the first African-American mayor in Albuquerque, in ABQ? You know, I bet you this person doesn't even know how to spell Albuquerque. Before you graduate high school, if you cannot spell the city, I would not let you graduate from the Albuquerque public school system. That's fair enough to say? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously an APS grad. (laughs) How dare you campaign as the first African-American mayor in ABQ? Your claim that, quote-unquote, 4.6% black is relevant to your mission is shameful. Um, I didn't make any claim that that was the reason I was doing anything. We're about to play two news reports for you. Sir, you have no idea what it means to be represented as Afro-American. Most black Americans do not identify as African. We are black indigenous people of color. What, What in the hell does that even mean? Indigenous to what? You know what the word is. You can't spell Albuquerque. And then in, on top of that, you have no idea what the word indigenous means. Because if you knew anything about that, you know that by and large, black or, as you prefer, be, to be called black, are not indigenous to the United States of America. So you can't refer to yourself as indigenous. What have you done for the black community? What you're doing is slander. Apparently doesn't know what the definition of slander guess, is. Guess not. <laughs> Shameful and embarrassing. My community oh, belongs to her or him. I would say based upon the uh, blue glitter, I'm going to say it's a her. <clears throat> My community and I will be protesting everything you do going forward. Everything. Everything. Every single thing. They, when must you, be, they must be standing outside right now as we speak, protesting. When you go grab a salad at your favorite restaurant, <laughs> especially when I go grab my everything, salad. everything, Just every everything you do going forward. When you breathe in and breathe out, I... protest. <laughs> you are not African American. You f fat little b. P.S. Go ahead and hire all of us. And see what happens. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so now. <laughs> Are there any open positions at the Rock of Talk? I wasn't aware of them. hire all of us. That is, <laughs> that's as brave as, like, that is as brave as you, you get, right? It's like, yes, folks, this is what's becoming of your community. This is reflections of your community right here today. Okay. Yes, I know you want to talk about Alec Baldwin. Um, the irony. Oh, the irony. How does that even happen, right? Okay, so let's go to Eddie Aragon because T.J. Wilhelm he likes to like grin and bear it and acts like he's treating me nice, and and he's not. Thirty-eight results. Aragon says he would be the first African American mayor. 
hmm, why don't we go to the report from KOAT Channel 7, okay, and hear what they have to say, okay? And, oh, by the way, nice freeze frame on the uh, video. I mean, KOAT is literally begging for Manny Gonzalez to be mayor of the city of Albuquerque. I think that's all they want. That's what they're looking for, folks. When you see this, this is the way they cover me, and it's fine. Okay, But you understand this is what the corrupt media, we know T.J. Wilhelm directly affiliated with Jay McCluskey. Okay? Can't turn that card in. That's where he came, came from. Part of the Barry administration. Now here, I, I'm uh, Shelley probably feels, and you know how much I like Shelley. Everybody knows how much I like Shelley Rabondo, right? I, you know, right, Doug? It's always been clear. Been clear since day one. They make Shelley Rabondo of all the people have to read this. This is beneath her. Uh, Dowd, go ahead and pull up my write-up from rockoftalk.chat, please, stating how I don't do any identity politics. Take a listen. Since nobody can really hear that well, we have to now, uh, Shelly Rubano's like, do I really have to read this? Is this really my report? Is this, <laughs> this going to win me any awards? Let's take a listen. Albuquerque has never had an African-American mayor, but one of the three candidates trying to earn your vote says history would be made if voters elected him to office. Uh, I'd like to know at what point I ever said that. I'm, I'm curious. Play. Eddie Edegon says if you vote for him, you'd be electing the city's first African-American mayor. I'm simply talking about my background, my diversity, Hispanic, uh, certainly Native American, uh, black. And we have a great history here. Uh, I did say black. Did you notice that? I mean, I came right out and I said, I said black, right? In the city of Albuquerque, and I think I'm a good reflection of the cross-section of the populations that live here in Albuquerque. Adagon, who's a radio talk show host, posted this on his station's website and on his Facebook page, asking people to elect Albuquerque's first black mayor and to make Albuquerque great again. All right, there we go. Let's pause it right there. Dowd, you got the uh, write-up there from the rockoftalk.chat. Let's read that in its entirety. Even uh, a report so damning. That even the very reporter who put it together, T.J. Wilhelm, did not even bother to read it. Dow, do you got? Uh, you, uh, you got yeah, there's, there's been a couple. Um, I, I did the, the the most recent one you did, Eddie, which I really liked was uh, I will elevate the best talent to the highest positions, not based on race or gender or privilege or oppression, but based on merit. Uh, I will not hire women because we need to meet a quota. I will not hire blacks or my fellow Hispanics because they need better representation. Uh, no one who was put did in. I the not, work- did I not say my fellow blacks? Did I? Did I? Did I use that? I'm just wondering. Did uh, I- blacks or fellow Hispanics? I guess. Okay, so exact. I didn't yeah. say fellow blacks. Okay, that's right. That's right. You did not. Yeah. yeah. Distinction is very important. Okay, yep, especially yep. for the people who are damning uh, me and sending me glittery pieces of literature. What else is all? Uh, no one who was put in the work to acquire the skills and master their trade should take a handout. I didn't. My father didn't. My grandfather didn't. My aunts and uncles and cousins and friends were proud of the things they accomplished in their lives, specifically because wow. they were not given to them. They were earned. That is our heritage. That is our heritage. Work. Work is our heritage. Apparently, T.J. Wilhelm can't read. Stupid people vote for stupider candidates. That's what you have happening right here in the city of Albuquerque. And you have them carrying the water. I mean, they're doing everything they can. You know, 
Manny Gonzalez gets all this free earned media because he made a salacious and a, a defaming accusation against Tim Keller. How is that even news? Why are we glorifying, dignifying that in any way, shape, or form? That, that tells me where we are as a city. <clears throat> Let me read something. The city has over 6,900 employees. Of those, 123 are black. So just 1.7%. Of those, there are zero directors and only two individuals in hiring positions. We're not certain, but we believe that both of these are in Parks and Rec. So no blacks in any key positions in the city of Albuquerque. 29 are in APD, 17 in Albuquerque Fire Department. So these represent the underrepresentation in those areas too. By the way, this was done by a man who himself led an agency within the city of Albuquerque and is black. And who did he come to? To give in that information, me, Eddie Aragon. Why? Because he knew that I could get people to talk about it. And we did. You see that? That should have been the lead. That should have been the lead. Tim Keller has underrepresented, despite his support for BLM, despite his support for Black Lives Matter and the African-American community or the black community, however you want to put it, get so sensitive all the time about everything. It is not reflected in his hiring practice of who is actually in there. Now let's listen to the rest of the report that TJ Wilhelm did not even bother to read. I sat and met with the guy. Literally, here's here's the real story that you would need to meet. Nope, couldn't focus on that. Got to play politics. Let's go. If you're elected, would you consider yourself the first African-American mayor in Albuquerque? Um, it's part of my history. I don't know. It depends upon whether the community would consider me that. Wow. Wow. What a great answer. Serve it up and knocking it out of the park. Did I say that I would be the first African-American mayor of the city of Albuquerque? No, I did not. I said, I don't know. It depends on whether or not the community, the black community, wait, wait, let's go and see. <clears throat> My gosh. What have you done for the black community, Eddie? What you're doing is slander, shameful, and embarrassing. No, that would be TJ Wilhelm. Oh, my gosh. Let's go back. Trump says he did a DNA test that determined that he is 4.6%. Let's go back. Let's let's go back and listen to this. No wonder we can't. No wonder we can't have nice things in New Mexico. Seriously. This is the question from TJ Wilhelm. You could hear his, uh, his, his uh, very weak, thin voice. Listen. If you're elected, would you consider yourself the first African-American mayor in Albuquerque? Um, it's part of my history. I don't know. It depends upon whether the community would consider me that. Adagon says he did a DNA test. That... Clear as day. Right, Dowd? <laughs> There's nothing else that needs to be argued. I, like, this is beneath me, beneath Shelly Rabondo, beneath everyone. It's like, oh, wow. What did he actually write? Well, we showed the page. Did any of you do? You, you now interpret entire written-up statements? without reading them because you wanted to say what you want to say. See, this is the news media gaslighting you. Uh -huh. And I've got people on both sides calling me. Oh, you're playing identity politics. Like, I'm not. I'm actually the anti-identity politic guy. Bingo.
determined that he is 4.6 percent black, and that is double the percentage of black people in Albuquerque. That comes directly off of uh, an ancestry test uh, in terms of you've done that where you've swabbed and sent it in and you get it back and it tells you what percentages you are. He also says there are not enough African-Americans who work for the city. In- OK, I did not say there was enough. That's not what I said. Who's writing this? Please make Shelly Rabondo stop reading this crap. Really, poor thing. I feel bad for her. He's like, uh, no, uh, Eddie didn't say that either. That's not what Eddie is saying. Eddie did not. Well, let's make Eddie Aragon say whatever we want him to say, even though he's on the air for three hours and ignore every single part of what, the words that come out of his mouth. Tells you what percentages you are. He also says there are not enough African-Americans who work for the city. And if he's elected, he would change that. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. Dowd, please read the bottom of the statement that we wrote once again for people to listen. Go ahead. How will we hire in the city of Albuquerque? Uh, yes, it would be based on uh, merit. <laughs> and you would be, uh, be, anyone who takes the handout is making a mistake. Your family didn't do it, uh, and neither should anyone else. And that applies to women, black folks, Hispanic folks, indigenous folks. Uh, you would be hiring based on merit alone. Are we done here? I think we're done here. Not much else needs to be said. So that's that's where we're going to go ahead and leave that, folks. You, you're trying so hard. Can you imagine if there's just half this amount of energy that's dedicated to making sure that I don't become mayor of the city of Albuquerque? Because it's your greatest fear. And for other people, it's their greatest celebration. You either hate my guts or you love me more than any political figure you've ever seen. There is no in-between. There's clearly not any in between. That's just the, sort of the way that it is. When you're defacing billboards and a radio news media company is calling me to tell me, hey, we've never seen this happen before. We're going to replace the vinyl and get you all in tip top shape once again. And by the way, we're going to go ahead and make sure uh, to augment since they've defaced your billboard. Okay. And they've got footage that we're also going to go ahead and find other places for you to go ahead and run your billboard as well. Folks, I really do believe that there is a spiritual battle here, that the hand of God is working itself in the midst of all this. They'll come out with a suppression poll on Sunday. Okay, so I've already clued you into all this. (laughs) I don't have to tell you. Remember, oh, Trump doesn't have a chance. He has 0% chance. He should even be the race. He should get out of the race. I mean, all these things. We've been down this road. We've seen it. We've seen it happen. So fear not. I, I am extremely stressed right now today and the reason why is i had no idea that the people of the state of new mexico and some people in the republican party just want things to fail so badly can you believe that there's actually people who are hoping that we don't succeed and who call themselves republicans that's real folks we've got every name We've got a group of people who are following that other group of people with plenty of film and audio and everything else. And they're literally breaking party rules. And then they're writing kumbaya letters out to people saying, if you don't want to be a part of us, you're either for us or against us. Well, can't really be with you because you're not really with the Republicans. That controlled opposition continues to this very day. Oh, what else did I get? We got that, that, just uh, some orders of business here. 
Yeah, Eddie, can you can you send me an image of the of the? There you go. <laughs> uh, I need an image of the blue uh, envelope with glitter on it for the. Oh. For this. I want to issue it with the show notes tonight so everybody can see. There you go. <laughs> the glitter. There's, there's the letter. See okay. it there? Okay. Nice. Right. The blue glitter. There it is. All right, nice. And then it says the Eddie Aragon is not black for mayor. Oh, interesting. There it is. Now, that was a letter according to the writer speaking for the entire black community in Albuquerque. The entire black community right there in the 87114. So literally thousands of people signed it because the it, they, it was the entire black community in Albuquerque. The entire black community, right. yes. Well, I just appointed myself uh, the spokesperson for the entire Irish-American community in Albuquerque. So I'm henceforth, I will be speaking for thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to your text. Dowd has seen it, so it is there. It is real. Uh, we have additional uh, billboards now, and uh, we'll do the quick uh, recovery. Let's see, uh, Eddie, I saw the electronic billboard running on Juan Tabo and I-40. Good stuff. Eddie, I see your bumper stickers everywhere. Thank you. Let's see. Eddie, what is a mobile crisis team? Isn't I have a plan or is uh, I have a vision? Democrat talking points? What? Hmm. Let's see. Never met a black person who identified as, I don't know if I'm saying anything wrong here. B-I-P-O-C, what is that? A BIPOC. What does that mean? Black indigenous person of color. Oh, wow, you nailed it already. <laughs> you just go for those acronyms. <laughs> I got these people's number. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, that's nice. That's uh, very nice. On on a on a day when uh, Eddie, unlike the Black Lives Movement, Eddie Aragon is for all lives, including the precious black babies who are aborted every day. Tim Keller and Manny Gonzalez are with the Democrat Party, who justifies murdering babies in the name of my body, my choice. Ironically, Keller, who has been catering to BLM, has failed to employ very many black employees. Thank you. Eddie is a colorful mixture, like most of us are here. The point is, he is for we the people, which encompasses all the people. The only race that should be brought up is that of the human race. Uh, I believe precisely what I stated, and I think uh, he or she was much better in send it than I was. Well, Eddie, let me read the the, the, the paragraph in your – I didn't write this. I'm not part of the campaign mm-hmm. that I really like the most. Okay. Uh, on your, this is your Columbus Day message, mm-hmm. and I, there's zero daylight between you and me on this. What makes the individual great is not their degree of intersectionality or how victimized they were, but what they achieved in the short time they have on Earth. The individual is no different than the culture as a whole. What matters is what positive – contributions you make to your community, to society, to the world. What did Martin Luther King say? Content of your character, not the color of your skin. Hard to believe uh, over that much time has passed and we still don't know that. (sighs) Eddie, this is nonsense. Real prop guns have a chamber space. Okay, I don't want to get in the whole Alec Baldwin thing. You know, on, there's a family grieving. Um, it's a yeah. community out there. I really don't want to politic that at all. Yeah. So if yeah. you're interested in politicking and in, uh, you know, I, I, if any 
And if anybody is stupid enough to even suggest that Alec Baldwin did that on however much you like or dislike him or how much he dislikes Trump or whatever, okay? I'm just, just leave it. I don't even want to hear anything about that woman had no idea when she went to work that she would not be coming home that day. She leaves at least a husband from what we know and the family is grieving and leave it at that. Yeah, and, and we don't know all the facts yet, so everybody trying to draw these larger conclusions when we don't have a formal investigation. And it's, Eddie, we're at this point in the culture now where any event like that happens and every side tries to jump in and, and yes. use it as proof that the other side is evil. Listen, Alec Baldwin, I think, is one of the worst people alive, but I don't know exactly what happened yesterday. And I'll read the report when it comes out, but, you know, can we give these people some space? I mean, a, a terrible thing happened. The only thing I can say is uh, the bullets don't load themselves into that so whatever whoever is responsible knew what was going to happen okay and it dev and there's no way that it was alec baldwin there's no possible way you don't have that type of event i mean i just hope every single person i mean you're you're dealing now with a, a real situation those people i i hate to say it are never going to be able to work on another film for a long time because of what's happened just witnessing Somebody that they're working with going down and their director going down like that. Just think about that. Have a have some heart. Really. A little bit of heart for the people out there. And and I was not happy. I had to shut off Sean Hannity as I was listening because he wanted to start wait. Nobody cares about what Sean Hannity thinks about an accident that happened. Hmm. Nobody. Exactly zero people. So I was upset with that. I just don't think it needs to be addressed uh, any further than that. <clears throat> Eddie, uh, brother, so true. Our fight is against principalities. And the ones that want to push the evil agenda. Yes, that's right. That's the darkness coming in. Eddie, probably losing my contractor job December 8th. I don't even know where I'm going to look. Not worried. God is with me. <laughs> There's all these wonderful people there at the protest today. Look at them. Look who does not require the backs. The White House, CDC, FDA, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. Uh, Natalie and, and them are out there. Let's take a quick call, and then i got to get to that thing, because I can't. I won't be able to keep it together um, beyond this. So we're going to go to the town hall. You're good with that, right, Dowd? You have an article. Uh, yeah, well, we can talk about it next week. Well, actually, no, we talked about it yesterday. Um, and just very quickly, in terms of, of, of yesterday, Eddie, yeah. uh, I had a bunch of people come up to me after our event. Um, thank you to Marty and Mrs. Marty. They gave me a great sticker. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you to Nancy's husband. And thank you to the lady who came up to me. And this one really was a shocker. She said, my son loves you. Can I get a picture with you, Dowd? <laughs> that was great. Wonderful. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Hello, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, y'all. This is Chris Royer. What's up, Chris? Go ahead. Yep. So I've been listening to debates on your station, and here's one thing. Do you think Timmy Keller believes the livestock defecation that he's promoting? Because, like, come on, do you don't even sound like you believe your own lies. How are we supposed to believe him? Yeah, I think we challenged him on uh, any of those things. In fact, that's exactly what the write-up was about today. I believe the statement was made that Albuquerque is now growing faster in some way, right down? Yeah, yeah. Faster than, than Phoenix, than Phoenix. Uh, yes. 
Utah. We are, quote, doing so much better than most of the cities around us was the, the most recent economic claim. Yeah. All the other impoverished loser cities around us. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Chris. Thanks so much. Thanks for checking in. I hope you're well, and I'll be uh, in touch. Chris is a, an old friend, too. Uh, always always listening to the station. Uh, hi, Eddie. Uh, 8714 is partially in Northwest Albuquerque. Sean Hannity said that he did not believe that Alec Baldwin did anything on purpose, and he does not wish anything bad for Baldwin or anyone involved in the film. Yeah, I just don't think that there's no reason to really talk about it or even address it. It's sad when something like that happens. Eddie, at the end of the fourth debate, Keller said we just heard a bunch of Republican talking points, and then he proceeded to talk about Manny. Tim Trump says that he has a plan for everything, and that he has a vision for Albuquerque. I haven't seen a plan or a vision, anything he does or talks about. No, he did present one for crime uh, 44 days in, right? Right. Uh, your comment about Alec Baldwin was very statesmanlike. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm assuming that's a good thing. Eddie, as I understand it, BIPOC is black, indigenous, and people of color, as in list types of other things. I, I just don't care. Honestly, I don't care about any of the acronyms. Yeah. I, I've, already, I've said it. If you go to the University of New Mexico, UNM Lobo, uh, what is it, uh, Daily Lobo? They wrote an article, and I sat there, and I talked to them. I spent an extra half an hour because I was half an hour late, right, to this right. thing. They, they're claiming an hour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just coffee with the candidates. And so I said, okay. So I had to race over there and, and do that. Um, Eddie Aragon boasts conservative boasts yeah okay so yeah. <clears throat> Albuquerque mayoral candidate Eddie Aragon visited the University of New Mexico at the invitation of these did they talk about that I got my degrees there from the very political science uh, uh, department that they went to the, the very economics department where they take, no they don't say anything or being a graduate of the university yeah, of Eddie that's an excellent point because I read a lot of alumni newsletters and college it. newspapers yeah. they always include your graduation year in parentheses after your name if you graduated from that college or university no. and they did not do that for you no they won't <sighs> they didn't like me uh i'm a candidate at the aragon visit the university of new mexico at the invitation of associated uh, students of the university of new mexico on wednesday for a coffee with the candidates event after arriving a half hour late <laughs> the session began sparsely attended oh wow but address the main conservative. You know how many people waited around to see me and how many people walked up and said, hey, good job on the debate. When I was walking, there was people stopping me as I was heading over there. Aragon, the CEO of The Rock of Talk, a conservative radio station that broadcasts out of Albuquerque, and he also hosts the eponymous primetime show. He's, he's actually uh, taking a, a, a slight at me with that, by that use of the word. By the mayoral races, officially nonpartisan, Aragon is the only registered Republican running against Two registered Democrats, a contrast he has sought to emphasize. Yeah. At the event, Aragon said he opposes COVID-19 restrictions and vaccine mandates unequivocally. Aragon has also historically supported uh, former President Donald Trump. Yes. Aragon said that he wants to get rid of Office of Equity and Inclusion. <laughs> they literally went right to it as soon as they could. <laughs> like, oh, I should be following what, what the kids want, what the students want. And also the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. I never said anything about the, Have I said anything about the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs? I have Affairs? no recollection of that, no. There is nothing on there, Matthew, that says about the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. Although he did acknowledge that there's very little funding going to those departments. Aragon said that the funding is able to come up with through cuts or other means, except raising taxes, would be used to put more police on the streets of Albuquerque. These are, the, these are not departments that have been useful, Aragon says. My job is not to dictate any sort of social policy. It's a municipality, folks. It means it's supposed to run infrastructure for the city of Albuquerque. Aragon maintained that the underrepresented groups have formed communities without the assistance of local government. 
pointing to the LGBTQ-friendly Melrose District in Phoenix, Arizona. It's hard to legislate equity, Aragon said. We have to provide opportunity, and there's a natural balance that has been happening. To bolster local economy, Aragon claimed that minimum wage in Albuquerque needs to be reexamined and that it drives small businesses away from the city. Quote, when you put those artificial things, you're forcing businesses to make decisions that probably aren't going to make things much better for either party, employers or employees, Aragon said. Aragon also brought up the issue of expensive housing costs, which he said could be remedied by perform- reforming the planning department, therefore making it easier for developers to build houses. Concerning UNM students specifically, Aragon consistently emphasizes the city needs to keep these students in Albuquerque after they graduate. Aragon promised that I actually talked about the first thing I would do is, I mean, you guys are inebriated, you're going from bar to bar, you're hanging out. Uh, I mean, rape, uh, physical assault, murder, like these are all things that have happened. The University of New Mexico has been characterized as one of the most dangerous campuses in the country. Need I say more about what happened on the uh, events of uh, Cinco de Mayo back in 2019? Do you recall what happened on that day when one of our baseball players was murdered, right? And what, what led to that? The Arnold tool is what led to that. That's how Darian Bashir was out on the streets. He was firing AK-47 on the streets at the police officers, but because he wasn't in February, but because he wasn't a flight risk, three months later, he's shooting in cold blood, okay? However much of, of a jerk the baseball player was being, it they kept going back and forth all night. I saw the video from the now uh, the, from the now closed uh, bar that was in Knob Hill it was a good place and good people owned it. And that's it. That's that's all she wrote. Um, Aragon brought the issue of ho- housing concerning UNM students. Uh, see, Aragon promised a stark pivot from the policies of current Mayor Tim Keller and said that he doesn't support the proposed multi-purpose sports stadium. Also said he would plan to disassemble the rapid transit system which began in 2016 during the administration of Mayor Richard Berry and has been continued by Keller. The final copy of the candidates will be with Keller next week. Now, uh, there's another one, and you're going to like this a lot. Uh, Seemingly always talking out of both sides of his mouth, (laughs) Sheriff Manny Gonzalez. Okay. Thank God. Thank God it wasn't there. Uh, we'll just read from the bottom. You can find this at the Daily Lobo. If This is Manny Gonzalez speaking. If you got rid of all the laws, you wouldn't have crime anymore. That's what you're basically saying, Gonzalez said. What? <laughs> what is it? Is that like a run-on says like a half thought? <laughs> what is that? Okay, so here we go. Here's where it gets really good. And this is the same writer that wrote for me, wrote for that. Gonzalez has had a controversial past when it comes to enforcing COVID-19 safety measures, including last December when he said he would not enforce what he views as the state's unconstitutional restrictions. Okay, you got that? You got all that in your head? Next sentence. The very next sentence. However, when asked at the event how he would approach the situation as mayor, Gonzalez said that while he still believes the regulations are unconstitutional, freeze frame, freeze frame right there, second thought, he never stopped enforcing them. Wow. Well played, you idiot. Life is like a box of chocolate. (laughs) My gosh. Are you stupid or something? Right? You kind of just want to say that. Like, there's, how did this happen? Just, when just you're exposing, rem- when you're exposing something who's just stupid, 
Like, you know how you know how stupid I thought he was? And I'm going to say it stupid. I knew that when I when I asked him that question, I knew how he was going to answer it. And he walked right in. I was sitting there getting ready in the bathroom and I look up and I'm like, well, what what question am I going to come up with? I don't really there's nothing I want to, you know, ask Tim Keller because I'll get a non-answer in a very fancy way. You know, Uh, Tim Keller's like empty calories, right? Like you just, oh, (laughs) there's no nutritional value here. You know, cotton candy. (laughs) Exactly. What? What was that? I don't know what that is. Right. And with Manny Gonzalez, you're just like, no, it's just like a car crash. You can't turn away from. You just know it's going to happen. And here it comes. And you're just like, watch it. Just watch. Just watch. watch I can't it. look away. Watch it, son. It's coming. <laughs> like, and I couldn't have had it served up better to me during that entire interaction. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's right there. I'm like, uh, OK, I bet you he doesn't even understand the distinction. <laughs> Of action. So you have your top law enforcement official who has to uphold laws is literally going to break the law on live TV. Yes. yes that was the yes. story. The story yes. is that Sheriff Lawbreaker went ahead and ran right through that intersection with no problem. And he's always complaining about how everyone else is breaking the law. Well, the reason why he thinks that he's gaslighting everybody because he's the one who's constantly doing it. Projection. Oh, he can't get it out of his head. Well, he wasn't bright enough, Eddie, to figure out you were you were a de facto federal prosecutor at that debate, laying a perjury trap for him, and he just put his head in the big bear trap, not his foot. <laughs> oh, fun! <sighs> we'll leave it there. Dowd, uh, if you don't mind, just uh, wrapping up the the least the, the, the write up and then the uh, top five uh, stories, and then we'll, we're going to cut straight on over to. Um, the the town hall. Was it? Yeah, we called it something else. though. the man, the vaccine mandate, the mandated vaccine, something. Yeah. Uh, town hall. Uh, um, yeah, just check it out, folks. Today it went up today. Um, it is a deep data exploration of our city, Albuquerque, our beloved Duke City. How other municipal metro areas in our region of the country are faring compared to Albuquerque. If you listen to the incumbent, I won't say his name, but it's kind of like all lollipops and candy. Uh, you know, we're leading the economic recovery out of COVID. Uh, the numbers just don't support that. I looked at two key metrics, the unemployment rate, and then whether we have net job loss or net job gain. And uh, I'll just leave, you can you can look at the graphs yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's at rockoftalk.chat. Just went up a couple of Minutes ago, and uh, top five stories from today, uh, the Daily Blast. Number one, um, not relating to Eddie Aragon, relating to the other two, the incumbent considers a legal, his legal options against the sheriff for defamatory claims. Uh, very interesting. You know, that would probably be on a personal level more than a, as a suing as a, as a mayor. But uh, I don't know. When you accuse a man of infidelity and wife beating and you don't have any evidence that either is true, you really do open yourself up to uh, a legal action. Uh, number two. Son, son, your ego is riding checks. Your <laughs> body can't cash. cash. That's right. Uh, number two, uh, Heinrich, our, our senator, Heinrich. our senior senator, uh, Senator Heine, the boring old biddy known as Marty Heinrich, is having uh, – he needs to reach for the fainting couch. Uh, our democracy is on the line because Republicans are opposing Democrat voter reform in Washington. He's, yeah. he's screeching all over again. He's, he's very another, upset. Very another upset. hill to die on there in the, uh, <laughs> uh, in the, in, 
in the uh, no attention getting uh, fall semester of, of life. Wow. There's nothing like Marty Heinrich when he's in high dungeon. It's it's just it's an, it's uh, it's funny to watch. Uh, number three is uh, some new electrical equipment going up at the big lab up there at Los Alamos, and uh, I'm starting to do more uh, links to our community in Santa Fe and Los Alamos because we have more listeners up there. Uh, number four, the American conservative wrote an essay: Rock and roll has been dead for years. Do you? Agree or disagree, and the final one that was put on. I agree. I agree. I, I sadly would probably have to concur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the final one was APS, our beloved what billion-dollar school district. They're going to hire 700 new positions, and I think on day one they'll probably run people through the critical race theory, how to inculcate as many students as you can with critical race theory. So that's where we stand today. I uh, got an interesting. Um... I'll read it on Monday, but uh, what is uh, Manning? James Hallinan, right? Uh, James Hallinan, I got a police report from him from August the 13th that I will be airing. And it talks about uh, the very tactics and stuff that he does. He was doing it with some radio personalities. So we're going to get into that. Um, I guess I guess that will be kind of be doing Michelle Lujan Grisham some weird favor in some indirect way. But I, of course, am not focused on any of that. So. Uh, we're going to leave it here. Okay, so if what you're going to get for the next uh, two hours, hour and 57 minutes and 48 seconds, is a vaccine mandate town hall. Uh, and thank God uh, surgery went well for Dr. William Summers today, so that was good. He was on the panel. So we're going to leave it at that. Uh, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow, 10 a.m., uh, folks, for our Super Saturday of programming. And uh, we do have one of the mayoral candidates who will be coming on air with us. Uh, Next week, like to have the other one, but uh, he might want to think about his little ethics complaint mm-hmm. that he has no idea about before he decides to go in and come on here. And he's welcome to call in any time. Oh, I think we have Murder Mike. Murder Mike, is that you? No, it's not. Okay. Was, we're only going to take Murder Mike. So let's go straight to it. The Mandate Town Hall. We had it last night from an undisclosed location. Great event. Great event. Albuquerque. And for those of you who want to watch it, you can uh, stream it now just by going to rockoftalk.com. TV. That's rockoftalk.tv. Let me uh, go ahead and queue that up uh, for everybody out there so that they can see that. And it is officially called Mandate Town Hall. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to make it the, the right thing. So uh, it was good group. What do, how many people you say were there, Dowd? Maybe two um, Yeah, I would Maybe. say. Uh, those lights were so bright, Eddie, I, I couldn't see all the way to the back of the, the facility. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. The Vaccine Mandate Town Hall as we had it last night. Take a listen. Hope you enjoy. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Good tonight. Thanks for coming. Are you guys excited to be here? You guys are literally VIPs. You guys are here on your own accord. You guys have been fighting the vaccinations, and I know those are mandated on you, and we're here to talk about that tonight. We've got a very exciting show here for you this evening. This is about you, not about me. And, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I've sort of left off the table during the debates is the mandatory vaccines, because, frankly, it's not going to make me that popular, is it? I mean, let's just face it. The overwhelming support for vaccinations, for masking, all that type of thing is something that's already going to come out. So I'm really eager to hear from each and every one of you. I am happy to stay here for as long as you guys want to go ahead and stay here tonight, because your story needs to be told. It's not being told in the media front page the Albuquerque Journal, you know exactly what it said. Vaccinations now available for ages 5 to 11. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what does. Okay? 
We know something about under the age of 18. What do we know about people under the age of 18? Exactly. Not impacted by COVID-19. I'm going to throw out some quick facts to kind of jog your memory and get you guys started. You know that if you're getting vaccinated right now, what exactly is happening? What are you getting vaccinated for? You're getting vaccinated for COVID-19 from 2020, not 2021. Okay, we know a lot about this stuff. This is really interesting information. We'll have a Dr. William Summers. We have D. Dowd Muska, aka the Dow 3000, who's going to be here, not affiliated with my campaign. We also have Dr. X. He's welcome to go ahead and introduce himself. But this is an opportunity for you guys to actually talk about the information. We are in a crisis here in the state of New Mexico, and specifically in the city of Albuquerque, the most densely populated city in the entire state. I can tell you if we push back here, we're going to be pushing back everywhere throughout the rest of the state. The state of New Mexico is literally depending upon us right now. Okay, Your courage to stand up, to come out, to show your faces, to get your voices heard is exactly what's going to lead us back. Okay, And I'm glad that you guys are standing behind me. I'm standing behind you. I'm unvaccinated. Yeah. Anybody else? You guys, for far too long, have been ridiculed, threatened. They've done everything they can. Oh, you don't care about people's health? You don't care about people's well-being? Why are you so, you guys know the next word. What's the next word? Selfish. Right? It's literally just coming out. You're so selfish right now because you're deciding not to become vaccinated. You're not selfish. You're taking care of your own health. Whatever happened to it being a personal responsibility? That's a very, very critical piece in all of this, right? Go back to Obama's Obamacare, right? <laughs> right? Choose your doctor. Choose your health care. You can do that right here. So without further ado, we've got cameras. If you don't want to be on camera tonight, I'm just going to ask, ask you guys to go ahead and step away from being in front of the camera. This is weird, by the way. I've got literally a voice in my ear, more than the voices that I normally have during my show. So very interesting. I'm like, I'm listening to a whole conversation over there on the table at the same time that I'm talking to you guys. So it's a uh, very, very, very cool. Uh, John, are you out there? I've got a blinding lights in my face. All right, there's John. We want to thank, first of all, if you guys have seen our commercials for our mayoral race, They've all been produced 100% locally by John Padilla and Rick Metz and you public, 100% locally homegrown. Thank you very much. Before we get started, my five C's are. Oh, I love corruption. What, what else? Crime, corruption. What else? COVID. Commerce and. City, there we go. Run it like someone who, that's right, commerce, right? Grow every category. When it comes to crime, what do we want to do? Reduce every category, okay? Very important. COVID, no mandates, no shutdowns. Very important. No more mandates, okay? Critical, critical. All right. So I can't see anything. I love this. This is awesome. I'm literally flying blind, just like I'm doing my radio show. So without further ado, 
This man has 29 years in public policy experience celebrating, I believe, about a month ago. He's uh, one of the most intelligent, knowledgeable, one of the most widely read guys that I know. He cares deeply about what he's doing. He's more committed to my radio station than I am to mine, my own radio station, if you can believe that. The guy is an absolute QC. What's QC? Quality control on my radio station. He's the engine that keeps the Rock of Talk running. He is D-Dowd Muska, a.k.a. the Dow 3000. Yep, Dow Dow can go and have a seat. It is blinding up here. Yeah, it is. It's very blinding. The vaccine mandate town hall. We got. I'm sure everyone has a mask on out there, so I just I just can't tell. Um, With a heavy heart, the Kiwanis Club of Corrales Foundation has made the extremely difficult decision to call off the 2021 Corrales Harvest Festival. Oh, why? This is an exact quote, because we cannot control the environment of most of the major locations of the festival in a way that offers protection for the safety of the children attending, as well as the kind, generous people who volunteer to put on the festival. Uh, For that reason, uh, we believe that staging the festival this year may well put them at risk of coronavirus infection. Not coronavirus fatalities, not coronavirus hospitalizations, coronavirus infections. I thought that line about children was very interesting. I wonder how many people who run the Kiwanis Club out there know that on an annualized basis, more children die from car accidents, over 4,000 a year, homicides, this is shocking. Cancer, children, suicides by hanging, suicides by firearms, drowning, drug overdoses, congenital anomalies, conditions they're born with, and even heart disease. And the number of children in America who die, who've died on an annualized basis from coronavirus. If you drive your kids places uh, and or let them swim in swim pools or lakes, you're uh, putting them more at danger than from the coronavirus. I'm gonna, this is my only question of the, of the night. How many New Mexicans aged 17 and under have died from COVID-19? Five, five. One of them was a 12 year old born with just horrendous congenital problems, seizures and, and, and just terrible, terrible problems. Um, we sure haven't bought a lot for our lockdowns in New Mexico, have we? Um, let me look at the numbers. The numbers on our economy, uh, we are now number four worst unemployment. This is the Actually, Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Uh, Nevada, California, New York have worked on unemployment rates. I think they were a little lockdown crazy as well. Have the, have the lockdowns bought any, have they saved lives? We're 20 in terms of number of deaths per 100,000 population. We are basically tied with Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma having some of the lightest lockdown uh, We are significantly worse than Utah, which had among the rock bottoms of lockdown policy. So have we purchased uh, a lot of health for our, our, bad, uh, our extreme lockdowns in Albuquerque? The mayor, uh, as said, I'm not a member of the campaign, but the mayor in the last couple of days talked about how we're emerging better than ever. We're beating all of the other metro areas in our region. 
coronavirus era, I took a look at the 10 metro areas that have a higher population than Albuquerque and to have a lower population than Albuquerque. Those 21 metro areas, we are seeking for our jobless rate here, 18 for our overall jobs growth per walk. 16 to 18 out of 20 is an enormously disruptor. Not only because it's the number one cause of death in some industries and some in should be stated about Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been open for sick, more than a year. And they put a stat this in front of you for one of three states that's never lifted the emergency mandate. The White House says education and counseling measures will be put in place to help companies that get not workers vaccinated. Indoor Democrats are closing in on a deal um, on President uh, Biden's social spending That's enough of the Dow 3000. I'm here to learn from you folks. All right, so Dow, let's give him a great big hand. He knows all the information. I think it's very important that each of us up here understand that we now have data. I believe we're out of week 587 days. 587 days as of today. Well, March 15th of last year. I believe that that's about right. I think it was 587 days to slow the spread. 14 days to slow the spread, flatten the curve, to three jabs to keep your job. Okay? We're thinking about every SNL. Uh, not Saturday Night Live, of course, Indian National Lab. Fox News celebrates every single walkout of National Lab employee, every single Albuquerque Fire Department firefighter, and every Albuquerque Police Department firefighter. You guys have been on the front line. I don't know that there's anybody more intelligent and emotionally intelligent at that than the people who are having a good time critical their science are following their own science in the beginning you think you're with the cool network for those people who have been listening to our program you guys have been I started watching it and I said hmm everybody knows who Dr. Yeet is that hand is really good raise your hand what do we know about Dr. Yeet Dr. Yeet is somebody that Dowd introduced you to back in November we played that and people wanted to hear it over and over and over let me cut this off Dr. Yeet Shut this back, what, two minutes? Apologize for that. It's coming back from the bathroom down the hall. <laughs> so let me back this up. All right. Uh, right about there. Sorry, doubt about that. We're right there. So let's pick it up right there. Let's go. The indoor mask mandates. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's enough of the Dow 3000. I'm here to learn from you folks. And I will stop reading the numbers, and uh, that's it for me. All right, so uh, Dowd, let's give him a great big hand. He knows all the information. I think it's very important that each of us up here understand that we now have data. I believe we're, Dowd, are we 587 days? Yep. 587 days as of today from March 13th of last year. I believe that that's about right. I think it was 587 days to slow the spread, right? <laughs> 14 days to... Slow the spread, flatten the curve to three jabs to keep your jobs. Okay, we're thinking about every SNL, Saturday, uh, not Saturday Night Live, of course, Indian <laughs> National Lab employees, every single Los Alamos National Lab employee, every single Albuquerque Fire Department firefighter, and every Albuquerque Police Department firefighter. You guys have been on the front lines, and I don't know that there's anybody more intelligent and emotionally intelligent at that than the people who work in our national labs. It's critical, and these people are absolutely not following their science. They're following their own science because they are scientists. For those people who have been listening to our program, you guys have been listening to 
Dr. Yeadon. Everybody know who Dr. Yeadon is? Raise your hand. Okay. What do we know about Dr. Yeadon? Dr. Yeadon is somebody that Dowd introduced me to back in November. We played that and people wanted to hear it over and over and over again. Dr. Yeadon was, I believe, the head scientist, epidemiologist for Pfizer. Yeah, respiratory pharmacologist. Yep. Think about that for a second. And he came out against getting the vaccine. When he started talking about the vaccine, he stated unequivocally that this was something that people should not take. Generally speaking, how long do vaccines take to go ahead and establish? Anybody know the answer to that? Years. Yeah, 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 years, right? I'm not here to knock Donald Trump on any of this stuff, but Donald Trump only made one mistake during his entire presidency. And if you heard me talk about that, what did I say about him? Didn't trust his gut. That was the only thing he did wrong. He followed two doctors. They would be Dr. and Dr. Burks. We all know this, right? But we know that this vaccine was not a vaccine. It is what? Gene therapy. What do we know about a company called Moderna? M-R-N-A. What do we know about gene therapy? It's modifying your RNA. The biggest IPO that has ever happened in the United States was Moderna. They didn't actually have a product when they went to market. Think about that for a second. You have been duped. Okay? And now you're being told you better follow Moderna, you better follow Pfizer, you better, and what is it that we know about the drug companies? Dowd knows, but I'm not going to let him answer to this. What do we know about what they've drummed up? Well, money, of course. Of course, uh, that's the bottom line for all them. The crisis, yeah, that's, that, that's pretty close. We know that they've drummed up a quote-unquote vaccine, even though we know it's gene therapy, but we also know that you cannot sue any of those companies. They are not liable for what they put into your body. Can anybody tell me? Can anybody tell me factually what's in any of those vaccines? Not one person can tell me. You want to know why? Because they don't have to disclose it. So there's two, two drugs that happened that were very important, and I, I feel like you guys can do all of this, so I don't even have to talk. There's two drugs that were preventative to prevent all this from happening. Let's just go over this very quickly. One starts with an I, and one starts with an H. The first one is, and the second one is, and what happened with both of those drugs? They worked, but we know that they kept them away. So before I go ahead and introduce my next guest, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, okay? And we're going to talk about the medicine of all this, because my own personal doctor is here to talk with you. We have the governor. She can certainly talk about her medicine, her doctor. She's had two Department of Health secretaries. Both have been relieved of their duties, and their epidemiologists. If it's good enough for her, I'm going to bring up my own doctor. We're going to introduce him in the next segment. Thank you, everybody, for being here for the Vaccine Mandate Town Hall, live from Albuquerque, New Mexico, 12 days away from the mayoral elections. Thank you all for being here. And we have a couple of additional guests in addition.
All right, and welcome back, everybody, to the uh, town hall here for 2021. Uh, this, of course, is all about you and vaccines and mandates. And we have a couple of additional guests in addition to the <coughs> Dow 3000 here. We also have Dr. William Summers, who's my personal doctor and somebody who prescribes both ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Let's give a hand to Dr. Summers. <laughs> He's also a host of the show that is called Life Imagine, 12 p.m. on AM 1600 KIVA. Dr. Summers, welcome here into our live town hall. And a lot of people have a lot of questions as always, but I'd like for you to kind of give us a 30,000 foot view on what's been happening over the last 19 months, 587 days, and uh, what it looks like uh, from your perspective in your 50 plus years as a physician. Yeah, uh, I think the important thing is, is I first spotted this one coming in December of uh, 2019. Uh, there were rumors that came out of China that uh, somehow or another made it into Science Magazine. And I went, hmm, that's interesting. And it began to blossom in January of 2020, and it became full bore in the spring of 2020. And it has followed the 1918 flu in many ways in that there were two peaks. There was the peak in the spring of 2020, a second wave that came in the fall of 2020. And at this point, it's tapering off. I don't see too many cases active these days. And we have spin-off variants like the Delta variant, the Lambda variant, et cetera, et cetera. And with each new variant, it becomes tamer and tamer. But that point doesn't seem to be made for you folks. The one thing I've seen in the 150 some odd active cases that I've treated is hydroxychloroquine works beautifully. Ivermectin works as well, and they're not toxic. These are old, well-studied drugs, and I try to ponder, why should Dr. Fauci, who I met back in the 90s, why should he and the FDA oppose uh, an active uh, treatment of this disorder? And the answer is they're caught up in their own regulations. You see, they can't approve a vaccine for something for which there's an effective treatment. That's a conundrum for them. So you can understand the pickle that they've gotten themselves in. When in actual fact, the right thing to do is quit persecuting doctors like those who are the frontline doctors. I've heard of a case in Ohio where the Board of Medicine of Ohio insisted that a doctor have a psychiatric examination because he publicly stated his opposition to the vaccines. So this is getting to be a bit Stalinistic where we will diagnose them with political schizophrenia and send them to Siberia. It is becoming very spooky. Back it's in becoming... 2015, I want to say one thing, Dr. Summers, that he introduced us to is the Nobel Prize for Medicine was won by the inventor or actually the uh, researcher who was leading the research directly into um, Ivermectin. Ivermectin, yes, exactly. Uh, one of the things here locally I won't need to point out is that your board of pharmacy, and as I understand the rumor, per instruction of the governess, has sent an intimidating letter to all of the pharmacies saying that when I write a prescription for hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, 
I have to include a diagnosis with the prescription. Otherwise, they're not supposed to fill the prescription. Now, I'm sorry, but that uh, violates the spirit of HIPAA. Everybody's heard of HIPAA, right? Your personal health information is your personal health information. It doesn't belong to the governess, does it? Well, apparently she feels it does. But here's the little dirty secret. If I put U49, which is the diagnostic code for the uh, coronavirus, then the pharmacist is supposed to not fill it. What does it mean when your government says if you, uh, you know, I thought initially, well, they're just trying to get numbers on the number of people with uh, coronavirus that are getting treated. No. If I put the diagnosis for coronavirus on the prescription, the pharmacist won't fill the prescription. Why does your government want you dead? What did you guys do? <laughs> anyway, just asking. Just, uh... Dr. Summers, let's talk just for a moment just how difficult it's been to operate in this environment uh, when you were being told by big box stores like Costco and other places, Walgreens, CVS, to go ahead and tell you what you can and can't prescribe. When did our retail stores and the people who are supposed to be providing uh, the very prescription that you advise of which you are legally done uh, as an MD, uh, tell us about that environment and operating in that type of environment. That's rather intimidating. And actually, I have the most trouble from CVS and from Walgreens. And it always comes from the younger pharmacists, the newer graduates who get taught that they aren't part of a team. They are the team and that uh, they're here to keep us doctors from killing patients. I don't know. That wasn't the way it was when I graduated medical school. <laughs> the pharmacist was a, mem a valued member of the team, and you turned to him for his wisdom for the betterment of the patient. But now it appears that certain uh, pharmacies are willing to do physical exams, different kinds of jabs, and I can hardly wait until they're willing to do neurosurgery while you wait. <laughs> Or drive-by neurosurgery. <laughs> Dr. Summers, I appreciate you being here this evening. We've talked a lot about preventative measures. You guys are certainly responsible for your own health care. Um, but, you know, the face of medicine has certainly changed uh, over the last year and a half, 587 days. Uh, we find ourselves, the city of Albuquerque, in a very different environment. You work with your colleagues all across the country. Uh, we've heard from Dr. Paul Alexander, who, of course, is on the Clay and Buck show. And uh, we also know about something about the vaccines. I'm going to ask Dr. Summers to say a few words about the vaccinations. I, of course, am unvaccinated. I believe that Dr. Summers, uh, are you vaccinated? No, I have natural immunity. So I'm, I have better protection than any of these vaccines. Dr. Paul Alexander has addressed this very thing uh, on the Clay and Buck show. And this is in Ho Chi Minh City and uh, in Vietnam. They had 69 uh, doctors. All got double vaxxed, all with each other, and all were in a contained environment. What happened in that contained environment is they all got, all got infected with COVID, and it had something to do with viral load. That viral load that was put into them gave them a viral load of 200 and I think it was what 55 times, yeah, yeah 250 times uh, the normal viral load that you would happen. So. Uh, these people were passing it uh, around to each other, despite the fact that they were vaccinated. What do you say about that, Dr. Summers? Is that, well, uh, is that a real off, thing from Dr. Yes, Paul that's Alexander? Real. A couple of things. The first thing is, is that blood banks now 
don't want your blood if you've been vaccinated. Why? Because you're your own form of infections. They want blood donations from people who've avoided vaccinations. The second thing... Can I make any money off that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. It's available at the right price. <laughs> the second thing is, is that if you go back to the original experiments, the double-blind experiments that led to the development of these vaccines, there is a consent form. In the consent form, it stated that if you get this vaccine, it could enhance or make the actual infection worse. It could actually make the infection worse if you get the vaccine, the gene therapy. And that's proving to be the case. Uh, the CDC did not make that public information until December of 2020. That was kept from us. And indeed, if you look at who's in the hospital with COVID, frequently it's with people who've been double vaccinated. So, just saying. Get your information, double check it, make your own decisions. You're an American. And finally, when it comes to the science itself, we, of course, can always rely on our doctors. We can uh, certainly rely on the people who do the data research. And then we have the smartest people who are amongst us, and they work for the Sandia National Labs. These are data miners. They're scientists. And you've heard us refer to him as Dr. X uh, on our radio show. His actual name is John DiGregorio. He is a doctor out of the medical type, of the PhD type, and he has been mining that data, which tell us tells us concretely where exactly the information I'd like to go ahead and introduce here on the left side of our panel, Mr. John DiGregorio. Now, John has been sending in a myriad of pieces of information uh, throughout the last 587 days, right from the very beginning. Much like I, he did not trust it. And so we're constantly going to the data. One of the things that I started literally from day one I knew that it wasn't about flattening the curve. You heard me uh, talk about that as far as leadership. We went to orangenm.com and I put out that information. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, satchels from heaven, we had Dr. X, uh, John DeGregorio, who is literally substantiating literally uh, by age group and where we were. And one of the first pieces of information that he sent us, which was so Im important, so critical, is he was looking at each of the age groups in terms of their death, because ultimately what we were trying to do was prevent deaths. That's what, why we didn't want people to go ahead and get COVID. And what we found, and John will tell us right now, what we found is that there was no reduction in deaths. Deaths were the same back in, tw in 2000 as they were in 2021. And John, uh, tell us about how you arrived at uh, some of that, uh, those conclusions. Thanks, Eddie. So the first thing is you have to get clean data. Um, anything COVID specific is way too subjective, way too politicized. The only data that's clean is total deaths, regardless of the cause, just all causes death rates. And the CDC has copious amounts of data by state, by year, by age group, and by population of total deaths. So since there's no belief that COVID cures diseases, you look at total deaths by age group, accounting for population, of course, um, and you look for upticks, and that's the excess deaths. Now, uh, the CDC does that 
but their baseline is 2015 through 2019, five, five most recent years. Those happen to be the lowest death rates in the history of the world. So yeah, 2020 looks horrific compared to 2015 to 2019, which again, for old people, 65 plus, are the lowest death rates ever. If you instead use a different five-year period, the excess deaths go away. And all you have to do is go back to 2003 to th through 2007, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, and the excess deaths in 2020 relative to the early 2000s are zero. So I was alive in 2008. I don't remember being terrified. I don't remember being panicked if my grandparents went outside. And I shouldn't have been because they're just living a normal life. COVID is deadly. And for people 65 or older, it did bump up the death rates a bit. For instance, the 75 to 84 age group, the average rate for the 75 to 84 age group from 1999 through 2019, a 20-year period pre-COVID, was 5%. Five out of every 100 uh, Americans in the 75 to 84 age group was going to die uh, prior to COVID. COVID bumped that up to 5.3%. <laughs> and it made no damn difference what state you're in. Some states had very strict measures. By the way, according to uh, uh, a study at the University of Oxford, New Mexico, throughout the course of the pandemic, and continues to be so, is the number one most restricted state in the union. Number one. We're number one. That's the only thing we're number one. <laughs> um, now, what that meant is uh, nothing. For, for people who actually are affected by COVID, 65 plus, it, whether you are highly restricted or non-restricted, you got about the same uptick, that 5 10% uptick. If your death rate was 5% before COVID, it went up to 5.3% to 5.5%. Um, and it had nothing to do with that. That's going to be the nature of the disease. Now, to put that in perspective, um, if you look at our surrounding states, New Mexico and our five surrounding states, if you look at the, the, the death rates prior to COVID, uh, comparing, say, Arizona to Oklahoma, Oklahoma has a 30% higher death rate. This is pre-COVID. This is just the way it's been forever. Oklahoma has a 30% higher death rate for 75 to 84 year old people than Arizona. The impact of COVID was 7%. Living in Oklahoma completely dwarfs the lethality of COVID-19. Now, if my grandparents decided to move from Arizona to Oklahoma in 2010, would I have panicked? And neither would have you. Um, the fact is, the, the actual deaths, if, if it wasn't hyped, no one, no one would have noticed. Because did you know what the death rate was in 2008? No, no, of course not. Did you know that we were living in a post-apocalyptic post hellhole in 2008? I, I sure didn't. But the logic of today is 2008 and every year prior to that, it was hell on earth everywhere. <laughs> 
So, so we're going to go ahead and open it up to questions in the next segment. I'm going to ask uh, a few more questions of uh, a scientist, researcher, and PhD, John DiGregorio, who's been looking at this information. And uh, he, no doubt, uh, are you vaccinated, Mr. DiGregorio? No, I'm not. He is not. Okay. Very quickly, you looked at some of the pieces of information and another fight for uh, medical freedom. You looked at lockdowns versus no lockdowns. Give us a quick 30 seconds. How did New Mexico fare against the other states? We decided to have a lockdown here. How did the other states that fare against us that didn't have lockdowns? So uh, is it in our surrounding states, we have two of the least lockdown states, Utah, Oklahoma. New Mexico is number one. For people 65 plus, the uptick was 5 to 10 percent, meaning you go from a 5 percent death rate to a 5.5 percent death rate. It's not 5 to 15. It's the delta is 5%. So it's 5% to 5.5%. And it had no impact on the lockdowns. Oklahoma, Utah, and New Mexico are all the same. But younger people, working age people, 25 to 64, New Mexico had a 70% uptick. Now, that was the worst in the country. Yep. So for young people, working age people, New Mexico was the most deadly state in the union. Now, that wasn't entirely 2020. That's a trend that's been going on for the past six years. It's deaths of despair. People are kill young people are killing themselves. What the lockdowns did is they made that much worse. COVID didn't kill these young people. The COVID response killed these people who are already on a trend of suicide and, and death. Let's talk very quickly for a moment about Sweden. The perspective coming from Sweden, you guys have all heard about Sweden. That's not even being talked about anymore. Uh, tell us how Sweden and then the COVID lockdowns of what they chose to do versus what we chose to do here in New Mexico. They were, of course, in Sweden going after herd immunity. Sweden imposed very <clears throat> light mandates, governmental mandates. What the people actually did is their business. The government imposed very light mandates and they were vilified for it. What ended up happening, the 2020 data is... Every age group had no increased deaths except for 90 plus. In the 90 plus age group, their death rate went in 2020 to what it was in 2008. The vast majority of those deaths, 50% of the COVID deaths in Sweden were nursing homes. They screwed that up and they admitted. Without those nursing home deaths, COVID-19 would have been a non-factor completely in Sweden. And, and finally, let's talk about Sweden versus Norway. Two different approaches, your attempt at humor with some of the information that came out. <laughs> what, did, what did you learn? Norway had no impact anywhere. And Norway and Sweden had basically matched death rates except for the 90 plus. Sweden was worse for the 90 plus. Now, 90 plus means you've got a 25% chance of dying just walking around. You know why? Because you're 90 plus. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll take your questions. We want to go ahead and honor this evening our San Diego National Labs employees, our Los Alamos and the Labs employees, our Albuquerque Fire Department firefighters, Albuquerque Police Department firefighters, and especially those small businesses 
who have been considered non-essential during the lockdowns uh, for the last 587 days. We'll take your questions right after the breaks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the uh, Vaccine Mandate Town Hall right here, live from Albuquerque, here on an undisclosed location. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, leave it right there get to all the other stuff. We've got another – we're going to post this, and we're going to post the remainder of this to Fight for 505. We're going to play – uh, the rest of this in its entirety, um, probably going to be maybe Tuesday. I think it's important, uh, maybe one other time. So we'll be able to play it. Um, I just need to go ahead and cut it up because there's a lot of stuff to skip through, and it uh, makes it pretty pretty difficult. Uh, Murder Mike, if you want to call in real quick, give us an update from last night on a uh, full moon. Love to hear from you. Uh, just call in directly, 55055. Hundred currently, uh, let's say five thirty right here in the Kiva. Um, Eddie, we love Doctor Summers. Eddie, if you haven't done so, read the Briggs article, uh, and that had all about vaccine kids. Yeah, I think that's the next thing that we have to uh, look at, or fear, or deal with. Right. Uh, let's see, crosshair barrier in the barrel, which just allows a bullet to pass, or a chamber chamber matter. Uh, don't know. Firearms are my obsession, Eddie. Okay, well. We'll save that for another day. Uh, let's see. Want to talk about the Alec Baldwin stuff. News is playing over the town hall. Thank you for all for uh, getting me out of the restroom. I had literally just ran down to the restroom. Uh, Eddie, I ask God every day to please show favor in our city and place you in the Albuquerque's mayor office. Appreciate that. Uh, say no to Barney Fife for mayor. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, an old TV clip shows that captures what you're experiencing, uh, Eddie. Words being put in your mouth by the media. Might be worth sticking in the show notes. Free for all episode at fifteen fifteen. So I'm not sure. Oh, hey, I didn't I didn't forward the phone. So go ahead and uh, try again in like thirty seconds. Okay. Poor poor murder Mike. He's calling in. Let me make sure I get this done here. And there we go. Okay. So anyway, we'll continue the remainder of this. Um, We'll continue the mandate town hall. We'll put it up on the website at fight4505.com. That's fight4505.com where you can watch it in its entirety, and that will be a good thing. So you can pass it around and share all that information. I was watching it myself just now, and uh, I got to say the folks at Public did a tremendous job. So we just want to thank them for all their hard work and uh, putting all of this stuff together. Very important uh, that we're having this conversation and that there's two sides to this conversation. Uh, there, there really is, and we have to continue to uh, focus on what we can do to push back against these mandates because other states and other cities are not experiencing them. Caller, is that you, Bernard Mike? Are you here? Yes, it is. All right, good. All right, tell us about the last 24 hours of crime. We don't want to, want to make sure that uh, nobody misses out on your report. Go ahead. Okay, well, well I tell you, actually, last night it was a quiet evening. Uh, I, I was, In fact, I was kind of surprised that coming on a full moon that it was that quiet but uh so we're going to go right to stats uh there was eight domestic violence calls seven assaults six shots fired calls three commercial burglaries two disturbance calls uh, three intoxicated individuals one dwi arrest two drug overdoses one psychiatric call and one vandalism. This was a woman that was uh, 
guess she had a record. She's downtown and and uh, she's uh, crashing through uh, storefront windows and grabbing jewelry. So oh wow. Yeah, I'd like to mention that a lot of these calls, uh, each one of them represents a particular situation or a person. So I mean, even though we have eight domestic violence calls. Maybe six of those calls were also involved in assaults where one of the other partners was assaulting the other with a gun, a baseball bat, a pipe. Uh, some have been, uh, have been have even been rendered unconscious. So a lot of these calls have underlying uh, information. It can be shocking at times as far as the overall welfare of the community there. So just thought I'd throw that in. And great. Uh, boy, that, that community, that, that, that home meeting sounded outstanding. I wish I'd made it. Well, you'll be able to watch it online, 5for505.com. We'll make sure we have it there, okay? That sounds good. All right, Eddie, thank you so much for everything you do. And hey, we'll thank talk you. to you again on Monday. Be okay. safe, everybody. Yeah, you be safe as well. All right, uh, there he is, Murder Mike. All right, we will see you, as I said, bright and early tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. Just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a tease. The real information in that town hall comes from you, the community members, our frontline workers, our hospital workers, our employees at Sandy National Labs and Los Alamos National Labs. So be sure to go ahead and uh, visit Fight for 505. I'll make sure that it is up uh, here in the next hour or so. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning into your favorite radio station, AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque.